And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. So many of you have started a business, you started with a business plan, Some of us had an easier road to it. Some of us had easier time getting capital. Some of us didn't get capital. Some of us didn't have access to capital. We're going to talk about that and much more on today's episode. Now, before I get into who I'm having a conversation with and the amazing accolades that we have given her company, today's episode of Startup Hustles powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. That's my company if you're not aware and I love talking to Startup Hustle listeners. So reach out, let's see if we can find some solutions together. With me today is, well, someone who's been on the show many, many years ago and also was one of our guest hosts in 2022. It's Janae Gamage. Janae is here today, though, representing her new company, which is on Startup Hustle's 2023 Top Kansas City Startups here in my own backyard. Janae Gamage, CEO and co-founder of Foresight. Go to try Foresight. That's F-O-R-E-S-I-G-H-T dot I-O. There's a link in the show notes for that too. Janae, welcome back. I am, you know, this is my favorite, favorite place to come. You it know is. this. Of course. Oh, well, I, you know, I, I was, you are, you are, uh, uh, you had a two digit episode number on yeah. your first one. I know the exact one, but it was like, when, yeah, I was Pre 100. Wow. Yeah. Look at us. I know we're getting old. <laughs> Time flies. Either, we, either we're getting old or we produce. Like, we just recorded a lot of podcasts quickly. That wasn't a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. That was with a different company, and I, uh, I've, I've actually referenced that because you were one, you were someone that came up and told me you said I got some of my first clients from that. Yeah. No, I was going to bring that up today. I'm glad you did. So. Uh, we were new up and coming. I'd actually just moved to Kansas city. Um, and we were getting a little traction, getting some PR and we ended up on startup hustle. Thankfully, um, we had just kind of finished our, uh, MVP and boom, someone emails us or maybe a contact form or something. She's like, Hey, heard you on startup hustle. Um, let's connect. Okay, cool. We connected and uh, we ended up turning into, she ended up turning into a distribution channel. So we were at tech company. She ran events um, in California. Um, So all of her clients, she would just push to us uh, to kind of market the event and use our teams and use that AI. So it was pretty cool. That company was acquired. We don't have to get into the details of that because that's (laughs) not what we're here to talk about because you've got a new thing yep. going on. Yep. And I would love, well, first off, you know what? I, I would be remiss. Let's start with a little bit about your backstory. Oof. Where should I start with that? 
That's up to you. <laughs> First business at 14, selling shoes, or excuse me, not selling shoes, selling items, reselling items so that I could buy shoes because my mom refused to buy me all the Air Max colorways that I wanted. And I am stubborn. And my stubbornness has taken me since 14 to now age almost 37 of starting companies when I don't like the way something is done or the processes are antiquated or inequitable. So that brings us now here to Foresight, did some military service in there, played basketball, college, lived a lot of life actually. And I think that gives me some of the unique perspective that I have on solving problems and working with different types of people, um, you know, to get shit done, honestly. Well, that's good. And I like that. I'm a big fan of getting shit done. I think you know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think most of my life is pretty much structured around either getting shit done, being upset about not getting shit done, or both. Yes. Yeah. A combination of the yep. two. It's, yeah. It's, it's, we it's, are it's, the same. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a never, it's, there's never a static number on that. It's kind of like when you look at crypto pricing, it kind of goes yeah. up and down and that market never closes. Now we mentioned America's new business plan and I alluded to, you know, we all have a different story. Uh, before we hit record, we were talking about my story actually, because yeah. for those of you that follow me or us on social, just, I just told a story about selling golf balls as a child on a yep. golf course, which went viral yep. at the time of this recording, 1.4 million views and 20,000 likes. I don't know if everything I've posted in my life had 20,000 likes put together. Yeah. But people love a good entrepreneur they story do. and it is different. So, you know, with that and I, and I own it. So, I mean, I grew up on a golf course mm -hmm. and I definitely had some hater comments in there. They're like, boo hoo, you started life on second base. I was like, <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with that. I was actually up at the tee box on golf balls because my parents want, taught me and pushed me into hustling, but mm -hmm. I've never been shy about the fact that some of my road may be easier. It may have been. And for a lot of people, it isn't. We respect the hustle for whoever yeah. it is, however yeah. it is. And that's part of what you're, you're solving with. And we should say hello to Charlotte Clark, co-founder, who's hey, another, Charlotte. another pillar of our tech community here in Kansas city. Yeah. So let's get into the for problem sure. that you're solving there. And let's just, I mean, let's just keep it real and, and talk about what the real problem is. Yeah. The, the real problem for me, I mean, honestly, after the market base, <clears throat> which is the company that my last company, I was going to take a break. I think we had a conversation. I'm like, I'm going to chill. I'm going to travel. I did start traveling and it was just like bugging me because I'm still consulting founders. Um, just personally on getting the market and, and the marketing side and raising capital. And I was just, how can we solve this? I like, I am a get shit done person. We, we know this and I don't want to hear another fireside chat or tweet thread from some investor or a panel about how founders can't raise money. Founders can raise money. So I started looking, I said, well, yeah, if we're talking only VC, then yeah, absolutely. Founders can't raise money. There's only so much money um, available and less than 1% of founders are going to, there's almost 2K businesses started every day. So just by the numbers, there's not enough VC to even go around. So the statistic less than 1% raised, yeah, that's, I mean, we don't have a, you know, just a well, big but by, bucket. But by nature, the math isn't going to hold up on yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I some, some, the real, some people that are complaining about not getting funded, 
regardless of their socioeconomic history, background, or stats, you just don't have that great of an idea or, oh, you're, or you're not don't that fundable. Don't get me fundable. started. Yes. Yeah, you're not that fundable. So you got to get that noise out of the way. Correct. But it's part, some of the stuff that, but that is real and is factual is, well, the road to that capital. Oh, it's way different. Now, you know, some of that you can look at like female minority um, and then and on some level inexperience. Is, yeah. is, is, is it's challenging because come back when you have a little traction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, and, and you guys can see me, I'm a black female, queer female. So I, I check all the little boxes of and an under, army veteran and, I a, and veteran a veteran. Too, yes. Yeah. A, yeah. a disabled army veteran. So there I check go. every single fucking box here, people. Okay. <laughs> and I am willing to accept and be self-aware enough to know that you know, if the idea is shitty, the idea is shitty, right. whether I check all those boxes or not. So I can't come back and say, well, it's because I'm black, it's because I'm female. Like there has to be kind of like a self-check as founders where we look into our business and think, well, would I invest in this if someone came up to me? Like, do I understand the problem? Have I done the work? And a lot of times, 90% of them haven't. You show up with an idea and you think because a white guy was able to do that and you're not able to do that, that it's racist. And really, you know, whether it's systemic stuff, whether it's experience, yes, sometimes you do have to prove yourself and sometimes other people don't. Like, there's been times where I've benefited from both. Um, but so what Foresight does is it, 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 it checks on that. It solves two problems. It helps founders really benchmark where they are um, and how they look to investors. So as a founder, when you come on, you can go through everything you need to go through uh, as far as a business owner and a founder to get to fundability. And, and we'll track and we'll help you. And then right from there, you can press fund um, and instead of being sent out to all the VC funds who may never even look at your pitch deck um, and we won't even get into pitch decks and how you have to be a storyteller in order to truly raise money, um, which doesn't define you as a founder. But that one application will be sent out to what's called a loan syndicate. So lenders are now being forced by the Biden administration to start deploying capital early stage startups. And what really? Foresight does, yeah, we've like created- traditional banks? Yes. Wow. Yes. So uh, traditional wow. banks are getting around that though uh, uh, well, by yeah. dumping their money into CDFIs because CDFIs don't have the same lending criteria. Ah, They're way gotcha. more flexible, right? So, well, so I, well, well, let's pause for a second yeah. because I've been pretty vocal about fuck off banks. Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, we are, yeah. we're already down the, uh, uh, the explicit rabbit hole with swearing and everything. So why not? <laughs> but dude, banks. Did I know, curse? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, okay. It's fine. We, you know, when we started this podcast, we were like, we, I, I literally said, we're going to just mark every single episode explicit because yeah. you hearted us to get through like a 40 to 60 minute conversation with an entrepreneur without swearing. Yeah, no, we're founders. Our, so, our brains don't even work. So banks way, are frustrating for startups and you know that. And yep. thank you for working on I didn't realize that. So you said it's a CDIF? CDFI. CDFI. Do we know yeah. what that stands for? Uh, community something financial institution. What it stands for <laughs> is banks actually deploying money where they should. Yes. So, I, so I've been. It's, it's mission driven banks, basically, so without talk, all the rules. You talk about trigger warning. So mm -hmm. it frustrates me. And I'm not, uh, unlike many people in the Midwest, I'm mm -hmm. not afraid to be rude if, some pe if that's what it takes. Absolutely. I don't think it's rude. I just think it's honest and realist. Mm -hmm. But. You know, what annoys me is I go to events and there's people from 10 different banks there all trying to 
chum up to me and then none of them can do anything for my business. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm a software company and I don't have the kind of assets that they're used to loaning against. So there's a, there's a business somewhere that makes a specialty bolt that they have a semi truck full of that the bank will give a loan against that if they repossess those, (laughs) they couldn't do shit with it. Yeah. But yet the, the $2 million that I own in equity and other people's startups that I've invested in with Matt Watson and FullScale mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. five years, they give zero value to. They won't even consider it as yep. an asset, not even an asset. Yep. Not, and we're not even talking about loaning against it. And I had a CEO of a bank tell me, I won't say who, because it was a private conversation. But he said, Matt, I would much rather take that as collateral, but I can't. Yep. So that's federal regulation. And so I'm assuming yep. what a CDFI is, is they move the money sideways into something that doesn't have these chartered rules that don't let them and then they loan it. Yeah. It, well, yeah. CDFIs, have, these institutions have been around for forever. They're community driven, community, all about community impact. And of course, extending money and deploying capital to under marginalized, whether that be for geography or, you know, they are across the full credit spectrum. So mortgages, auto loans, small business lending, things like that. Um, banks get credit for it, so they don't mind. Bank of America has the largest CDFI portfolio. Um, and we'll but those are just straight loans. Yes, yeah. yes. So. Mm, yeah. Eh. <laughs> non, yes. Non-dilutive, yay. Cash and so, liability burden, yeah. So here's the thing, like, for instance, us, we have traction in pilots, right? Our uh, platform will launch in June. So we couldn't go to a bank. We couldn't go to Bank of America and say, hey, we actually have pilots. Um, that'll be, you know, $1.5 million in the pipeline, blah, blah, blah. These are paid pilots. We need 100 k in order to support them. They'd be like, Eh, no. Um, but with foresight, that is the problem that we're solving. And that's where banks are like, if you can show it to us in a way that we need to see it, then we'll do it. Um, so we're really excited because in less than a year, what started as just a personal call for us has turned into just national collaboration from CDFIs, from banks, from innovations arm, the state of North Dakota, shout out to y'all. Um, their entire innovation arm using it to deploy capital because they do and they not only do they want to but they have to now figure out a way to deploy this capital to us they can no longer say uh you know i we need something we need collateral we need a personal guarantee like no our algorithm kind of fixes that and translates startup data into data that a bank could use to assess risks okay so that's one side of it that's one side but the lend let's that that's great for some businesses. Correct. My concern there, just speaking candidly, is sometimes if you're at an early stage, you think your idea is better than it is. If you end up getting money or loans you need to pay back, that could be bad. Yeah. Maybe maybe so, maybe not. Yeah. The point is, just be careful, people. Yeah. You know, um, don't, don't bury yourself. Maybe don't bury, I, sh- don't maybe bury I shouldn't yourself. say this because I don't want people to go out, you know, and irresponsibly um, – loans but well yeah that's my point, the, lo- yeah. the the loss is accounted for we're not financial advisors we're yeah. speaking <laughs> we, from purpose i'm just claiming we're not we're not just claiming here yeah so especially when you get into this area with with loans and lending so yeah. 
Well, it's tricky, and the, that's my the point. The thing about is, it is yeah, we're, so, we're working with the banks on loss, yeah. on decreasing loss. They already have to account for it. The money, or excuse me, the government gives them money for the loss. So what we're saying is less loss. I see. Okay. Okay. So that's one pillar. Mm-hmm. And that's, well, first off, thanks for letting me know that even existed. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask chat, you, can't, you know what the problem that someone's going to need to solve soon is that chat GPT is like overloaded all day, every day. I, like the last, is it overloaded? Yeah. The last 10 times I've tried to get into it during the day. Yeah. I wish, like, I really wish it wouldn't went like viral. It, it's like, yeah, Not so yet. I was going to, I was going to make myself sound really smart and now I can't. So maybe you're going to have lesson, it. I need to wake up earlier and log what in. What were you going to even prompt it to say? I was going to ask it what CDF I was. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, give me five smart you things know, to Google. say. Give me, you know, Google. Google will tell me that too, but that, yeah. That, you yeah. know, let's not, let us not forget in just the two weeks that chat GPT has gone viral that Google still exists. Well, Google's probably got better technology somewhere, but they're in a hurry to roll it out. It's interesting. Okay. So we have the lending component. Now Mm -hmm. let's go into the, like the, the VC private equity side of things. And okay, let's do real talk here. And I'll be upfront. I usually don't get into these topics on the show. Why is that? Because I'm a middle-aged white dude from the suburbs. And quite honestly, I find that I could, I could say a lot of intelligent, useful stuff, and I still get hammered on it. <laughs> right now, I, look, I, I, I think I'm I, here to provide value and yeah. experience, and like you make your own decisions. Now, I've had this conversation with a lot. You, I, I think you, you know me on a personal side. I'm I, I try to do anything and everything I can to support all communities. I, mm-hmm. I'm a believer in global citizenship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will be like, "Your is your company Kanye diverse?" West. Yeah, I got 293 people in Asia <laughs> that work for me. They're pretty diverse, and and. At full scale too, we've got, um, I guarantee you, I have more female software developers that work at full scale than anybody, you know. And that's why it's so successful. It's Well, it, well you know, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it is on some levels because um, they rarely quit because we have an equal and equitable opportunity for them that pays them as much and gives them the same opportunities. Like you got to admit when, when women touch things versus when a man touches it, it's, there's just, it's just different. It depends it's on, well, well, yes, but it depends on what they're touching. Like Anything I, we touch. If I Matt. gave my wife a hammer, I would be sick. <laughs> That's my point now. Anyway, but, but so with that, over the last couple of years, um, you know, my, and this is just my take and observation. So when the, with the BLM stuff mm-hmm. went viral and mm-hmm. was, everyone was looking at that, I felt like there was an overcommitment. And I don't mean mm-hmm. that socially, like everything kind of knee jerked, we're going to be diverse, we're going to do this. The problem is, is the numbers weren't there to support that for everyone. Yeah, it was, it was very performative by a lot of companies. Um, I think there were some companies that truly were intentional. Well, I don't think there's any follow up. I yeah, think any, I think it, everybody it, my point was, it I think was, everybody it was in the literally world a couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fulfilling the promises would be a lot more difficult because there's just a statistics thing. Yeah. Right. That comes with that. Now on the flip side, I've had conversations with other minority business owners that um have also told me that like, wow, this has been an amazing time mm-hmm. because there has been some access created. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that change over the last couple of years? Um like did did any of the promises equate to reality? I think there were way more programs. Um, and this is just my experience. There were a lot more programs, um, a lot more amplification of said programs over other yeah. programs um that were just 
kind of agnostic um, for those that were targeting under marginalized, you know, racial, you know, black people, basically black women, um, things like that and providing access. I think that there's only so much you can do with a program or a cohort, which is usually about 11 or 12 people. So it's hard to feel the impact of that. Um, it's always great to see more people that look like you getting, you know, funded or, um, things like that. But it, it, it was very performative by the large corporations. Um, they set money aside or they weren't really vocal about, you know, after the fact they said, Oh, well, $10 million is going to go towards minority businesses. And what they don't say That's after a that, yeah, 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 yeah. What they they never after that say how or what happened. Or if they even did it at all. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. There was no accountability oh, to, well, to. Well, you look at like 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 West Coast type funds, mm-hmm. like some. And my point was, so many of them are like, "Hey, we're moving to this like fifty percent diversity policy." I've talked to a lot of them Same. over the last couple of years, and I and like because what well, the reason I've talked to them is on some levels, I don't want to get too far down like conversation i don't i'm not going to quote or whatever but like it's like fuck we made this promise i need deal flow who do you got that, can you make a recommendation is, like 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 that where is should the we issue. be looking and th- that's my point though is like when you yeah so i, I think the intent the was there issue. but then there's a, a there's a, the follow-through and making it a reality is completely different i want your thoughts on that but one thing i do know is the reality of finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult like what i did there (laughs) especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably you can use the fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers testers and leaders are ready to join your team visit fullscale.io to learn more you you talk about the reality like the reality is is there's three hundred thousand open tech jobs in the u.s like my business Send has done well and I created a service because if without someone to build your product, your reality, it actually isn't a reality. It's a dream. Yeah. And I so, think that's the same thing that's happening for these organizations who actually have put money aside and been inten- intentional, hire people to create this programming, create impact and um, actually create access for minorities and if we don't have the businesses, I mean, they still have to be smart with their investment, just like the lender, you know. That's part of what Foresight's trying to do correct. is help help the people that are distributing the cash, regardless of who they are. Correct. And help the, it's, well, it's kind of like what we do at Full Scale. My yeah. whole, my, our whole goal and part of what we build our platform around and like, check it out. And this isn't just a Full Scale ad. Go to FullScale.io, click the Hire Developers button, and in less than two minutes, we can ask you and they're just click questions, mm-hmm. couple field entries, but less than two minutes, we can get the information we know to pair you up mm-hmm. with people that have the skills and experience to solve the problems that you have and can even automate the appointment process and all that. We're a matchmaker of sorts. Yeah. And that's essentially what foresight and go to for, there's a link in the show notes, at least go check it out. So, you know, the, but that's essentially what you're doing there. Cause yeah. it's not always a good match. Like a, a, a lender that, isn't a good match for a borrower is actually putting them together. That is just a waste of time. Well, so what's unique about our lending process is it is the same way that a founder would go and raise, you know, multiple checks from multiple funds. It's the, it's the exact same process with lenders. So, um, you know, bank one, bank two, bank three, accelerators four. um, Angel Investor Matt, 
all come together on this same uh, loan to kind of spread out the risk um, as well as still have access to the same profits. Uh, I hate to say it like that, but profits that they would if you- It's a business. Business has to profit eventually. Yeah. We can't just be in the business of raising capital. Well, You can't borrow your way out of debt. Correct. Correct. So um, they're able to spread out their risk. And that's why lenders are like, we're we're all in. You're going to show us one, you're going to give us eligible borrowers, customers, right? Which Two, is a big value for them. <laughs> yes. Two, you're going to help us spread out this risk and we still get, you know, whether we lend 100K or a million in the million dollars, we get the benefits of lending a million, right? Because it's almost fractional. Um, and three, founders get funded. Uh, you got the right idea. You've done the work because you've gone through our process um, within the platform and you've built that business to where it needs to be. And we're educating you along the way as well and benchmarking process. And they see exactly where you are. That's that's a huge thing is founders don't actually know how to communicate where they are in a way that a VC, in a way that a lender, an accelerator, a, a funder, period, needs to see it to, to make a decision. Well, I'm, gl- um, I'm glad you mentioned that because let's travel back. Because mm-hmm. right at the beginning of the episode, we're talking about that. Um, you know, and I've been publishing content uh, about this. Well, kind of, I never really stopped. But there's, people are really bad at selling who they are. Yeah. And, you know. So, Me included. Well, so here we are and, you know, well past a thousand episodes, five years. 4 million downloads, 194 countries listen. And still like, and this isn't a problem we'll ever solve because I think people inherently aren't just great at selling stuff, Yeah. but I've talked to so many different people, whether the record button, the light was red or not. And I always, I've asked at this point, hundreds of people who do you, do you, about, if you get to pick the jockey or the horse, which <laughs> one do you pick? And it's always the jockey. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the fa- investors invest in founders. And founders don't seem to understand that yeah. on some level. Like you can have a great idea, but if you're not, if you can't sell who you are and that you're the right person to drive that. And we, we've way, helped with that too. You won't get funded. You won't get funded. And that's the thing. And then don't be afraid to sell your big vision. Yeah. You get people that come in and they're like, okay, what are you trying to, I'm trying to raise 50,000 bucks for what? Yeah. Like, I mean, realistically, like that for some of you listening, you're like, oh my God, that's my dream. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Cause it's 50,000 bucks a lot at a startup. No, no. that's like that's a, a monthly burn rate for yeah. new startups. Yeah. We won't even talk about those that are growing and scaling. Yeah. You just made me think of a recent, have you seen my dad jokes about entrepreneurship? No. What? Oh, really? No. I published three of them and uh, I'll tell you one. So, you know, I was, I, I was calculating my burn rate and I wanted to put it on my calendar, but I s- decided not to because then my days would be numbered. Boo. Come on. <laughs> that was, that was amazing. Sorry. You, you, you triggered a dad joke in there. If you want more of my dad jokes, go to pretty much any social media that startup hustles out or Matt, the course he's at. Yeah. I had a, I had a few of them. You know why the, the hat startup couldn't get funded, right? Cause it was all cat having a hard time getting ahead of things <laughs> you gotta put some slang in there culture oh, for dad oh, jokes because we'll, 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 their pitch deck was all cap we'll collapse we'll collaborate yeah why did the anti-grav why was the anti-gravity startups pitch deck so compelling people had a hard time putting it down uh, ah, i can go on for days 
my goal is to become the number one entrepreneur <laughs> dad joke teller. You're going to see me on a main stage at like TechCrunch in like two years with like a sold out crowd because entrepreneurs. Just to hear the dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I am a dad. I'm a dad. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm almost, man, I'm almost 50. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I know. I look back. You know, I have 300 employees and there's only one that's older than me. Welcome to tech. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it how is. it should be, honestly. You need people that are going to keep you moving the company forward. Well, You're like old that. now. I like that. You're old now. Okay. Now, okay, but let's 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 just pitch the reality. So when you get into that, it, so I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of cred. I If Watson and I wanted to go out and get a business funded, I, I feel like people would throw money at us. Like, like I could probably show up with a one pager and an idea. Hmm. I'm just being, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be arrogant when I mm-hmm. say that. And that's a completely different reality than a new upstart founder. Yeah. So if, when you go to foresight.io, <laughs> what is like, how, how are you, how are you and Charlotte making the platform? Cause like I said, I don't need, I don't need a lot of bells and whistles because experience, I mean, Watson sold a company for 150 million bucks when he's 29. That mm-hmm. might be all I need to know to write a check if I'm an investor. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So now we're on the flip side of things yeah. and I'm someone without experience. Mm-hmm. I'm from uh, an underserved community mm-hmm. and I need to, I need to, I need to make myself look great as possible. Yep. What, how do I do that? So we've incorporated something into the algorithm called founder mechanics Mm. um, that uses behavioral science to uh, pretty much translate who the founder is, their team cohesion fit, how they lead. Does that start with like personality style? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Not your average personality test. I like to always say that. Well, they they actually, so I help in my book, Balance Me, there's a whole section. Like Mm -hmm. one of the five sections is about personality styles. Because personality styles do dictate a lot of different things. It is, it is a bit of I don't want to kind of like a DNA uh, of someone like, so I'm like, way high drive, like Mm -hmm. almost like 99 out of a hundred, which the person, and they tell you not to call it a test. It's an assessment, but a personality assessment would tell you that I am an entrepreneur or a promoter. Those are literally the two things that get spit out every time. Now those are good qualities to have in a founder. It is. Um, but also Matt, it is also good to know who you're surrounding yourself with. So for me, um, Like on our founder mechanics, I'm an ingenious catalyst, meaning I big vision. I can push the vision forward, but if you're looking for me to like execute, mm, not the best thing. I need to be paired with a technical person, an architect, which is Charlotte. If you know Charlotte, then you know. Correct, and it's actually three. It's like it's like Jordan, Pippen, Rodman. Like you have to have the three, right? And, but but they didn't win all those rings without BJ Armstrong. who's like the fourth one that should have been in there. He's an account manager. Well, sure. But that dude is hitting threes. He's like, you know, he comes through when you need him to come through. Right, He's still right, an account right. manager. Not a but, lot of but, turnovers. Yeah. But that, that, but you gotta that know trifecta that it's your there. job to give the ball to Jordan and that you're not Jordan. Correct. Correct. That's a, that's a hard dynamic to get, especially on a co-founder level. Okay. So I love that by Mm -hmm. the way, I absolutely love that because it, you, okay. So the reality is, and we'll just break it down the most simple type A and type B Mm -hmm. introvert and extrovert Mm -hmm. introverts have trouble making decisions. They aren't necessarily great when it comes to public speaking and they usually don't like selling things. 
if you're if you are if you are a if you are a solo founder and you're an introvert unless you're having like a library indexing startup <laughs> yeah no i'm probably it's not, not going to fund it yeah. i'm not going to be interested in it cuz my first question is going to be okay i bet you're going to you're going to be great at building the product especially maybe like a technical product mm-hmm. and it's going to be product 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 my first question would be who the fuck is going to sell this to someone somewhere I would almost rather have someone on the other side that was selling a rickety product, an MVP kind of thing. And I'm but not saying don't sell the that, shit out of it. They'll go sell the shit out of yeah. it, which will then turn it into something better, or at least they will be assertive enough. Yeah. Because I'll flat out ask you, I'd be like, what sucks about this? Tell me. Yeah. I did a job interview with someone today and I was like, I need to know that if I hired you, you're the type of person that's going to, hey, this sucks. We should talk about that before mm-hmm. we post it. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to get around a bunch of yes people oh, yeah. or, or to not ever sell anything. Oh, yeah. Biggest mistake, in, I mean, other than a poor product market fit, which overestimating your demand or need mm-hmm, or value, mm-hmm. it's then just focus on the product. Yeah. Okay. So we got the, fa- I love founder mechanics, man. Mm-hmm. I'm in on that. All right. Yeah. All right. So what else? Uh, then we have financial modeling. So even- Tough. Very, very. Well, so so that's why we brought in the best. 20 two. years ago, that was like a whole semester in college yep. at one of the schools that I dropped out of. I got to five. I dropped out of five. Jesus. Yeah, but you know. Wait, I, should I count how many of Well, I dropped out of five because <laughs> in the fifth one, I was in a top 10 business school, but I started my own business and I was like, so I'm learning a lot more from this than in the other way around. But People now, really don't but understand now, that. financial modeling is so I use a site called Live Plan. I have no vested interest in we saying that. Live Plan. But Live Plans, I I feel like their business their business plan builder is blah. It's like, but I love the financial modeling component because it walks you through it. Ours is set up yeah. similarly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that um, oh man, that is so helpful though. Because yeah. here's the thing is if you don't have experience building that, you're going to probably build a laughable model, Yeah. which when someone actually goes to look at it, means you're going to get laughed at, which is going to mean like this person has no clue here's the thing is any investor knows that your business plan's wrong. Yeah. And your financial, I mean, honestly, your financial, your financial model, but, but, but it needs to, it, may, it needs to make sense. You have to have some idea <laughs> yeah. of like, Hey, if it goes this way or that way. Now, look, this is why these kind of tools are important. So if you add an extra zero to a hundred thousand, that's a $900,000 rounding error. That turns a mm-hmm. hundred thousand into a million mm-hmm. and it throws the entire table off all the way down. And I see people do that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've had people have, and I don't do as much of, not a big believer in the business plan side of early stage investment or pitch. Like I'm a one pager guy at this point. Yeah. Like I want a one pager. Honestly, I love talking to investors who are just like, Hey, send me your, your one pager, your executive summary. Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's it. Cause you don't, you don't, the goal is to get spark enough interest and create enough hype per se Mm -hmm. to get the meeting. Yeah. And, and and what's great about foresight and what one of my favorite features is that everything that goes into it exports into a, a one pager or a yes. full report. Yep. It's no longer like these pitch decks and telling stories. It's like, here's the information you need. This is the way you need to see it. Um, here's a breakdown of the team, why they are best to build this company, not just this company, but in this industry at this current time, because we're pulling in real data from CB Insight, Dynata, Startup Genome whole bunch of data partners. We have a plaid integration now. So we're pulling in real numbers. There's no, this is what I made. 
if you're not Absolutely aware, not. Plaid's an intermediary platform that yeah. makes it easy to connect your app to a zillion banks. Financials, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so we pull in. If you want to, if, if Foresight or wherever it is, they may use Plaid to mm-hmm. look at your actual your statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is not always, I mean, as far as financials, isn't always going to be great for early stage startup, but it also, the, the verification and identity piece, we, we use it for banks. Lenders, we're taking things and tasks that they have to do Those off the table. Those are people that really like that yeah. tangible yep. stuff. Do they have a business bank account? Are they who they say they are? Okay, yeah. let's move forward. I'm yeah. positive that the last five checks that Watson and I have each written personally, mm-hmm. We didn't see anything more than that one pager. I don't, I didn't look at five. I'll be sending my one pager over after this. I mean, but I'm being serious. It's like <laughs> betting on founders. Yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah. like, and that's, um, and they're aware that I can say this, but you know, we just recently invested in Lending Standard. What is that? Here in town. It's uh, uh, Andy Callenbach and LendingStandard.com. They also have multifamily. They do, mul- they solve efficiency problems in getting a loan for a multifamily unit. It's really mm. easy to get a loan for a house or for a commercial property. The metal piece in there is like, really so we're difficult. doing the same thing. Yeah. But for we did, different people. Yeah. But we did that. Cause you know, like that's a client of ours. We've mm-hmm. been open about that, but we see it, we believe it. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. Look, my point with that is, is a, don't send me your one pager thinking you're getting a check, but also there's people that believe in founders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I can look at you, I can look at your financial, I look at financial projections and the first thing that comes into my head is this is wrong. And I'm <laughs> reminding myself of that because mm-hmm. it's easy to look at the numbers and be like, oh, wow, this has got $1 trillion worth of profit in year three. Five years. Oh God. No, it would have exited for yeah. a quadrillion, okay. you know, in five years. But then, I mean, no, but, but the point is, is I think people get, overly stuck on that stuff and and it's good to have a grasp on it but man shit happens yeah and we also have third-party verification so you know you can is that the next piece the third-party verification for me that's just like a part of the no some financial modeling is yeah in the real-time data so the the industry trends yeah that that comes with the i think the integration and up the third-party uh, verification stuff like uploading your ID, uploading your, sure. if you have an LOI, um, you have to upload it and then it'll right. send an email to the point of contact and they need to verify. Okay. So it's almost like having the blue check, like next to your stuff. Like you're not well, going to say get, like, but, so for eight, it's $8 a month. <laughs> and by the way, people no. quit bitching, this is free, quit by the way. bitching this about is free. the $8 a month. If you don't like it, don't use Twitter. Yeah, this is free for founders. Sorry, I'm an Elon fan, mainly because he went into a business that was losing like a billion dollars a year. It's like, okay, hey, look, we're not the federal government, which how do they do that? By the, oh, they print more money. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so that's how they do it. We're not going to go into we that. We got to make this a business and make it solid. Mm-hmm. And how do you make that happen? Here's the, here's the reality. If, if your business isn't going to make a profit at some point, you have a shitty business. Yeah. Like you can get away with it in the beginning. It's it's, it's very interesting. They were public, in still getting investment, and yeah. just never making money ever. I mean, but that's rare. You Airbnb is the same. Yeah, there's. I mean, but even th- well, look at Uber, which was like you know also the same. Well, I mean, but now they're headed to profitability. Like they're finally there. Oh really? Doing, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. But they had to make some tough decisions mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But 
there are certain things that can get away with it that realistically, listeners, you're probably not building. That was like worldwide game-changing technology that disrupted like something that half of the world uses. Because here in Kansas City, we don't take cabs and Ubers everywhere. Like when I go to the Philippines, they're fucking everywhere. Really? No one has a car. I wouldn't know where to park it. I wouldn't want to drive it. Mm -hmm. You know, and like there's still cabs there, but they have it. So it's funny because every country there, it's called Grab. It's not Uber. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it feels almost feels like when that show Silicon Valley, when he's drawing out, when Jian Yang's, he's like, I've got Chinese Twitter. I've got Chinese Uber. I've got, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, they're all kind of pulling from the, the mm. thing. But, but yeah, but now with that though, that's like transformative stuff. Yeah. And, and so you'll see billions of dollars flow into that. I mean, look, I, I don't, I can't even conceptualize. I know I would recognize the number 1 billion. I'll tell you, I've been pretty successful. I have no idea what that would feel like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That'd be weird. I don't even know if I'd want to be that rich. Like that's a different reality. You got to have like security. Did you see Apple CEO (laughs) decrease his salary by 40%, but he's still paying himself 49 million this year. Great. Now that, now that's rich, rich. I mean, I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother subject. Top now, in some cases, I mean, the, uh, the issue I have, Tim Cook wasn't the founder. He didn't. No, he wasn't. Kind of, yeah. you know, he, he got that job and later. He, That's yeah. where I, I, now for CEO founders, I don't have a problem with high levels of executive compensation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some people are like, hey, I applied for, hey, where do I apply for that job? <laughs> I would like to. I've ap- seen it on LinkedIn before. I would like to apply for those jobs. And also, if anyone can let me know what the easy businesses are. Because let's start some of those. I'll start some of those with you. I don't think they exist. That was the. They do. Should I make some dad jokes? Haven't you been on Instagram and TikTok? Oh, everyone's. (laughs) Everyone's rich. It's so easy. Yeah, my doors go up, not out. Make six figures in in 30 days. Oh, my God, dude. By the way, that doesn't happen, people. Don't buy into that shit. People have, occasionally someone will say to me, they'll be like, man, you've been so lucky. I'm like, fuck off. Like, I was not lucky when I worked 97 hours last week. I wasn't lucky when I traveled halfway around the world to go to my other office. Like, I enjoy, I I enjoy, well, I enjoy going over there, but man, it's grueling. It's a lot. I'm away from my family. I'm away from my kids. That doesn't feel lucky. That's my point. Like I had a a post last summer where my wife sent me a daughter, a picture of my daughter and she just got her braces on. I was halfway through my trip and I just started bawling. Oh yeah. You told me this. I did. Cause it's like some of that stuff you, you know, it's like, damn, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. The sacrifice is reality stands up and literally open-handedly slaps you across the face as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur in a mm-hmm. lot of days. And that's mm-hmm. what you did your guest host series about. Yeah. And maybe where we can kind of like suggest that we'll put a link for that in the yeah. show notes. We have a little smart link for that where you can get to all, was that three or four? It was three. Three. Mm-hmm. And, but it's reality, man. It's mental it, health for founders. Yeah. It beats you up. I think I hit the partner perspective, the VC perspective and how they view us. And our mental health. Who else did I speak with? Uh, you know, that gave me a really good idea. I think I want to like interview a bunch of VCs and I need to get them in a very candid state because VCs take on founders is different than founders. Take oh, yeah. On VC. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Please let me participate. I, 
You know what? I used to. I'm not, not a VC. I just I, want to participate. Well, I'm actually a supporter of VC. I think that if you can find the right people, then that could be very. I've found amazing stuff. VCs. Yeah, I've also yeah. found some They're very out. shitty ones. So oh, yeah. you know, but I'm a founder that fundraises and operates in that space often. So okay, so foresight.io. I love what you're doing. Try foresight. Try foresight. Try for. There's a link in the show notes. <laughs> There's a bunch of links in the show notes. So many links. So I've been many. here too many times. Yeah. Well, what this is? Well, man, like this is. So you had. We're on another time with me Was after the first one, right? Yeah. You recorded, or you were mm-mm, on. Mm-mm, you were on after that first episode. Mm-mm, what? Mm-mm. Never oh, had so me you back. Just, you went straight I from just, that to being a host. Yep. You wow. know that's how I do. Just that's skipped how the I minor do. leagues. Come you did on. a tryout. A couple years later, got the call. Correct. And you, I'm in the big leagues. Yeah, I don't try out. Just looking down from the rafters. Ask my coaches. Yeah, I don't I'll try tell out. You what, I, I like that. <laughs> you know, with that, quick reminder: today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io. If you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, that's what we do. We have the people, the platform, and the process to help make your life a lot easier. You know, people ask me what we sell at FullScale a lot, and I say peace of mind. Mm. Because, man, it sucks when you get it the wrong is. people in. Like, we interview, we take 30 applicants to hire one person. It is so hard to get a job at full scale because we want to get the best people. Of course, as you should. Yeah. We're not the cheapest. We'll be the best. And the, that's kind of where the, I want to end That's good. The show. And I like that, that you said that you, you sell peace of mind because for founders, I, I need you to really realize you're not selling a product. You're selling time. You're selling peace of mind. Peace of mind. You're selling rest. Like, you, what can, are you actually selling? Figure that out. If you can figure out how to sell the peace of mind related to your product or service offering, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you will, you, you'll sell out. Yeah, absolutely. Because that is, that is a commodity that is hard to acquire. Yeah. And as you, as your business grows, you will value it even more. Yeah. Because like you asked me when you came in, you're like, how's things going? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> know they're going like usual i mean being an entrepreneur in a rapid growing company is like the u.s mail it never stops the internet doesn't close mm-hmm. i've learned maybe only two things people are like what have you learned is in all your years of an entrepreneur one there's no such thing as a business without problems two there's no such thing as software without bugs no such thing as a business without customers you and, can and that's you need to it. bring yes find customers <laughs> I'm out. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.